So hi, everybody, and welcome to the Talking, Learning and Teaching podcast. On today's show, we have a very special guest, our very own Dr. Andrew Reeves. Andrew is a senior lecturer in the Institute of Energy and Sustainable Development and is a DMU teacher fellow. Andrew's teaching practice focuses upon participatory and inclusive approaches to engage with real world societal challenges, particularly climate change and the sustainability agenda. Andrew views universities as embedded within wider communities, and he seeks to integrate community stakeholders and community level issues into his teaching practice through a range of approaches from live briefs, co-learning classes and by running open events linked to his subject area. Andrew employs action learning approaches to teaching and social change, emphasising reflective practice and peer-to-peer support. And he uses discussion, games and facilitated processes to make learning activities engaging and impactful in both in-person and online environments. Andrew, thanks so much for being here. It's a great thrill to have you on the show. Um, hi, yes, good to be here. I hope I can live up to that introduction. Um, yeah, let's go. I'm sure you'll be able to, Andrew. I'm sure you'll be able to. So, At DMU, you are renowned for your work on the sustainability agenda, specifically Education for Sustainable Development or ESD. So I think a good starting point would be for you to tell us what ESD is and why it is important to higher education. Okay. Um, well, I'll I'll offer you kind of an off the cuff, uh, I don't know, view, I suppose. Um, I mean, if you're talking about ESD, Education for Sustainable Development, I guess the first point is, you know, what is sustainable development? Why does that matter? Um, that's been around as a concept for quite a few decades now. Um, you know, I suppose historically there was an emergence, especially in, in, in the 1970s, around recognition of a lot of challenges that we'd now call challenges around sustainability. So particularly ecological challenges, so growing awareness of, of, of climate change, loss of biodiversity, you know, just general impacts of, of humans on the world. And um, realising that, you know, this is a thing that, well, you know, that we need to address as, as a society, especially because society was and you know, still is to a degree engaged in this kind of exponential growth curve of, of increased resource use and impact um, and how those ecosystem impacts were kind of mirrored by a lot of accelerating inequality within societies and a lot of the negative impacts around that. And what emerged was this agenda called sustainable development that kind of marries up that understanding of the need to live within our means on the planet uh, with how that is strongly linked with with how we are with each other so issues of of, of justice fairness and um kind of i wouldn't say kind of economic growth but economic prosperity that is mindful of of human needs it's a very contested agenda everyone will frame it differently lots of people would say that even sustainable development as a concept is the framing used by the elites um, and we ought to be using different language so you know it's all ripe for argument and discussion but in a nutshell it's about caring for people and caring for the planet and recognising that we're a long way short of where we probably should be in both of those regards. Now, you said, what is ESD? So I'll be very quick there. So if we've got these massive challenges about sustainable development, well, clearly education has a massive role to play um, because, you know, partly there's the awareness of of lots of those challenges. If it's not part of your day-to-day experience, um, you know, that understanding of the impacts we're, we're having on the world or on each other may not be there. But also there's the role that educational institutions play in society. You know, so it's it's how we 
uh, you know, get the key concepts, inform our lives, inform our careers. It's how we kind of socialise people. It's how we establish what is normal conduct. So whether that's school, higher education or whatever, educational institutions have a really key role to play. Um, and I guess I guess my focus is on, is on universities, which have a particular rich opportunity because people often engage with higher education at a time in life as they're moving into, into adulthood and they're kind of firming up a sense of who they are, who they want to be in the world, what they want to do in the world, who their best mates are going to be in the world. Um, so there's that kind of you know social aspect of, of, of higher education, um, but also it's a place where where research meets meets learning and meets kind of wider community impacts and benefit. And so it's it's a prime space for for learning about these issues, but also linking that to action and linking that to research. So that's why you know ESD I think has great importance in higher education. That's not just me saying that. You know that's also governments and advance he the quality assurance agency many others see it as having a, a really crucial role in how we do higher education there's a rambling response for you i think that was a very comprehensive response actually andrew and it, it covered a lot i think one of the things that really resonated with me there was this sense that there is disparity among various definitions and different ideas as you as you suggested but i quite like the kind of way in which you frame that in in a nutshell I guess and I guess in a nutshell it'd be useful to to get from you what you think the main benefits of ESD are for the students because obviously we're here for the students working in higher education that's mm -hmm. the ultimate sort of end goal as it were so what yeah. are the key benefits of ESD for the students? Um, well I don't know a key word I didn't use maybe around ESD that I'll bring in now is is, is future so ESD is at its heart about the future and you know, so is going to going to university. So, you know, how are the things that students learn during their time at university relevant for for the future? And and from the point of view of ESD, for a just future, for, for a livable future. So, if you're learning about um, engineering, if you're learning about fashion, you don't want to be learning the methods and techniques that that lock you into ways of working that are, that are doing harm to the world and that in many cases literally cannot be sustained. It's not even a normative argument that we should not be doing this. You know, if if you're constructing buildings in, in ways that are reliant on resource extraction and fossil fuel use that we can't have 30 years down the line because fossil fuels won't be there or won't be as affordable, you need to find a different way of doing things. Um, so it's about, you know, equipping graduates to be to be fit for the future in terms of understanding the context they'll be moving into, developing the techniques that will be relevant and that can actually last them, you know, throughout their careers. Um, and then coupled with that, I suppose, is recognising that one thing that, you know, that, well, our life experience, but particularly this agenda around sustainability highlights, is that we're going to be living in times of change, you know, uh, and we have the choice around how much that change is, is directed and is conscious, um, you know, around living within our means or how much change gets thrust upon us you know it's like if you don't adapt to climate change you have a lot, a lot of natural disasters that you need to adapt to the more you can reduce your emissions um it seems that part of the esd benefit for students is about sort of future proofing them for the challenges of the world that lay ahead but also yeah. instilling in them a sense of social responsibility around the work that they do uh, and, and the world that we live in so i think obviously you know all of us that work in higher education could quite easily get on board with those ideals. I think we've obviously discussed the the potential benefits for for students, but 
you know, I'm, I'm saying this from a selfish perspective now mm. because my main role is to support and work with staff. Yeah. So if I'm going to sell ESD to staff, what are the main benefits for staff of ESD? Mm. So I'd say that links to a few things. I mean, the point around, you know, the benefit for student is the same, I would say, you know, it's about maintaining the currency and relevance of your work and it being impactful. Um, I think there's stuff around space to innovate and be creative. So if you are changing what you do to respond to, you know, a changing context and important external driver, then there's great opportunity there to, to learn, to have fun, you know, to try out new stuff, see what works. So that's, you know, that's that's an important thing. I mean, it also, you know, to a degree, you know, in many disciplines, you won't have the choice. You know, your sector body that accredits your course is going to be asking you to be engaging with this stuff. You know, so it's not so much, you know, what's in it for me. It's more, you know, what what criteria do I have to meet? And from that point of view, it's, you know, it's just about doing the learning and knowing what the relevant issues are within your discipline um, and, and then bringing that into your practice. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, no, one other thing is perhaps, you know, perhaps quite key, actually, is around, you know, a, a sense of purpose. I think pretty much everyone working in higher education, you know, they're not just in it for the money. There's something they're passionate about, you know. Um, very often that will be their particular subject area. Very often that will be about that interaction with students and that, that engagement and the learning and seeing how people grow, seeing how people are transformed by the experience. Um, so it's a chance to to act with purpose, you know, because it's, you know, that broad agenda is about is, is about, you know, doing good for society. There's loads to argue about about what is good for society. That's part of the point of it, of generating those discussions and having that that engagement. But it's a chance to act with purpose and to be relevant and, and to have an impact. And that's pretty much what we're all in it for. Absolutely. I think, you know, none of us goes into higher education for the money, do we? Uh, let's be honest about that. Um, and I really do like that sense of higher purpose, because I think, you know, for those of us that are involved in education, which can be challenging. And, you know, as we've discussed, it doesn't necessarily set you up to be a millionaire. Um, there has to be some of that higher purpose ethos within why we do what we do. And mm. I think, again, similar to, to what we said about the students, I think everybody can get behind the ideals and the ethos of, of education for sustainable development, can't they? I mean, I would I would be very surprised if anybody that was working in higher education sort of thought that it wasn't necessarily the right thing to do. I mean, just turning my attention then to sort of my, you know, the nuts and bolts of my practice as a teacher, let's say, you know, what, what sort, of, sort of things should I be doing or focusing on to embed ESD in my practice as a teacher? Um, Okay, a couple of angles here. I mean, the first thing I'd do is I'd, you know, I'd put it back to that particular person, have a dialogue with them around what is relevant in their discipline, because it really will depend, you know. So, you know, if you're in a discipline that's involved in making stuff um, or, you know, or, you know, using resources in some specific way, it's like, okay, what are the environmental impacts of the thing you're doing? You know, even if it's media, well, actually, there's a massive carbon footprint, resource footprint associated with with producing media that we use that often isn't taught. How would that be done sustainably? How is that critical discussion part of your programme? You know, that's one aspect to it. Um, you know, and then again, you know, you might look more widely around, you know, let's continue with the idea of the media. You know, what is the, the function that media plays in society? How should the media be engaging with this wider conversation around, around promoting sustainability? You know, to what degree um, does it embody 
you know vested interests to what degree does does it does it challenge that you know how how does the public have a voice how does it embed participation cooperation all manner of questions are opened up and in terms of the attributes that that ESD is looking to develop you know a lot of work's been done around this you know with people who are kind of long-standing um long-standing professionals working on sustainability and they tend to point at a fairly kind of common set of, of, of competencies that you might look to develop and and this is coming from the fact that we don't the context is going to keep on changing you know the specific environment in which we pursue esd or any particular project in our career will always change but there are ways of thinking and ways of being that are seen as very helpful so those are things like thinking systemically so that's about thinking about relationships connections between things patterns of change um not just um putting things in boxes and, and assuming things will be the same as they were before um thinking about the future so thinking about what kind of pathway you're on what kind of future is desirable and how we might get there and what alternative futures people might be interested in working collaboratively pretty much any sustainability issue you think about cannot be solved by a single discipline there, there are, there's almost even where people think there's a techno fix which i often encounter in my work there isn't because human behavior is really relevant and the social dy dynamics of psychology for example is really relevant alongside technology alongside politics etc etc so working with different kinds of people on the same problem towards a shared goal is crucial and so and the reason i'm talking about these competencies is this affects the way you teach it so generally you know esd doesn't advocate um you know giving a lecture facts transfer of not knowledge that isn't that isn't the paradigm the paradigm is very much about critical engaged citizens who are working on real projects or looking at real life situations as much as possible in a group setting to get those different perspectives um and so it's things like having you know live briefs from external organizations maybe do, doing a simulation doing problem-based learning doing some sort of real world volunteering and then but maybe reflecting so let's say you're volunteering to help the homeless in Leicester in some way maybe you're helping out at a I don't know a food bank you, if it was designed with ESD in mind you wouldn't just do that you would also learn about the context or what why have we got food banks what's the history did we have food banks 10 years ago what are the drivers of that what are the drivers of people needing that support what might be different in the future reflect on that experience of being there how did you feel what do you want to do differently so it's aiming for that really holistic engagement incorporating that kind of analysis of what's going on with a real whole you know emotional engagement you know so head heart and hands is a common paradigm used in ESD of engaging the whole person so those are some of the I'm, I'm pointing at some of the practices we might use um, one thing to, to flag up you know at DMU that's come up recently around around ESD is working with a public engagement team and our center for academic innovation developing a concept called real life learning that tries to capture all these different aspects um around that meaningful real engagement which you can do in lots of different ways um with issues that trigger that kind of transformative impact in the learner but is also geared towards a transformative impact in society um so yeah th those are some aspects of ESD it's not just learn learning the science of sustainability it's very much about the process of learning and the competences you might develop I mean I, I find that really fascinating actually Andrew because I think the one thing that's become apparent to me it, over time having worked in higher education for about 15 years is that even in that time the kind of knowledge base in all disciplines 
it's just growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And your point about the need to, to collaborate with other people has never been more pertinent, really. Mm. Uh, if you think about our role as a teacher, you know, it's it's ever more about being au fait with learning technology, with digital education, with lots of different things that perhaps weren't our remit 10 or 15 years ago. So it's only through that collaboration that we're actually going to become skilled in, in doing this. So I think that really resonated with me. Something else that really resonates with me, and it's a, a big area of interest for me, is, is learning design and, and curriculum design. So how we can design courses that are fit for purpose. So what role do you think ESD can play in the design of courses moving forward? I mean, you might have touched upon it a little bit in the previous answer, but if yeah. you could focus more on, on the actual you know, pulling together of a program of learning, how do you see ESD influencing that? Okay, so... I guess you know, as, you know, the, the stuff I just highlighted points to the purpose of a course, um, and that you know, in any course, will be reflected in, in the learning outcomes you're, you're aiming to achieve, and in turn, that will be reflected in, in the processes you would, you would go through to achieve those outcomes. I mean, perhaps it gives you more of a, of a sensitivity towards you know the experiential learning, the and the benefits for wider society, I suppose, as well. So, if I expand a bit on, on the real life learning idea we're talking about, you know that. Um, incorporates, you know, mutually beneficial relationships with with external stakeholders. So, you know, that might take you from not just having, um, let's say, a guest speaker or, you know, a kind of a case study that you look at in class. Um, you might have a live brief where the students look at a problem provided by an external organisation or by the university. In many cases, we can use our own challenges and, you know, support what we're doing internally. But then, not just have the students to give a presentation, find a way for their experience to feed back in, you know, so it's actually influencing, um, you know, the, the actions of the, the people who provided the brief. So those are some of the things you might be thinking of, but I guess, you know, you would design your programme mindful of the, of the challenges that are relevant for your discipline, those kind of really engaging approaches that enable people to, you know, look at some of these challenges in a way that is relevant um, and and express that through, through their assessment. I guess the other thing is, you know, designing, you know, making a part of assessment. <laughs> like if you want someone to learn something, I know this is a no-brainer for anyone doing teaching, but, you know, not just having an extra session on sustainability, but actually having a meaningful assessed activity that would help people develop some of these competencies. So, for, you know, an, an example at, at DMU, our broadcast journalism course um, got students to prepare short videos in the style of a sort of local TV news report focused on one of the sustainable development goals. And they would go out within the local community, interview people around a particular issue. Um, so they're developing their their broadcast journalism skills. You know, that's that's the main thing being assessed. But there's this extra benefit woven in of them engaging with, you know, real life, real, real life lo local issues and getting that awareness of the sustainable development agenda. Um, even though their main focus is developing their practitioner um, skills as you know as, as a journalist. Again, I think some really fascinating ideas presented there. I mean, it'd be good just to get your view. I mean, I, my you know higher education has changed, doesn't it, over time from kind of being a lot about the pure absorption of knowledge mm. and and our kind of relationship to knowledge and the nature of knowledge is. is forever changing i mean do you see a role for esd within the curriculum as being about knowledge creation knowledge sharing so through that process of learning about whatever subject you're engaged with 
with that ESD focus, do you believe that there is a function for knowledge creation and outlet for that as part of the ESD agenda? Mm, absolutely. I mean, you know, it goes with that with that with that ethos of you know students doing real impactful projects and. I guess, yeah, I mean, knowledge is a bit, bit of an abstraction, you know, it's kind of what, what's the specific knowledge we're interested in? Um, I mean, a thing I did last year with my master's students, um, so I, I teach a master's around um, promoting behaviour and systems change for sustainability. So a new thing in Leicester is we've got we've got an, um, an, an e-bike scheme, so kind of electric bike hire scheme to enable people to get around sustainably and cheaply. That's the vision of it. And the city council were interested in getting more students involved in using it. And so what we did was that the council came along, they introduced the scheme in, in a couple of classes, and my students were given the task of finding out what would enable more DME students to, to use the scheme. And so through the conversations we had in class and the kind of direct responses of the students, you know, of, of whether they would personally use it and what would affect them, but also looking at some of the evidence of DMU students' transport behaviour, you know, we within the group got a better idea of what would influence students to use this scheme, and we fed that back to the council. So, you know, that is new knowledge in a very local sense, you know, within the cohort, you know, for me, you know, there is an important thing here around, you know, kind of uh, staff involved in teaching, continuing to learn and continuing to engage with the issues related to their subject area. But also that generates some insight for the council. So that was, you know, a, a good example of that, of that, you know, that mutual benefit. Um, I guess there were different types of knowledge, you know, you could you could say, you know, what about, you know, is this knowledge you're going to generate, you know, a paper on or, or you know, is it something that, I mean, most teaching settings, you're not going to be working on, on that level. It might be more the local and the contextual knowledge and the knowledge of the, the individuals involved. But certainly that's a good goal. And partly that's about making it real and meaningful, you know, going back to the kind of purpose of the learning is it's a more meaningful experience. If it's not just an exercise, you know, if everyone is in, is in a place where they can contribute something new and generate something new, that's that's brilliant for everybody. Again, I agree with that. And I think obviously one of the, the key remits of the university is to kind of push things forward, isn't it? And, and you know, mm -hmm. if we can create new understandings, new learning, new knowledge at any given level. I know knowledge, as you said, is a bit of an abstraction. I think that's obviously something that we would all be interested in. I'm going to bring things down more to the practical level now mm. um, because I have to, I guess, being the, the host. What do you believe are some of the key challenges to embedding education for sustainable development in the curriculum currently? Um, I think, I mean, there's, there's a kind of double-edged sword here, maybe, if I'm using the metaphor right, around kind of staff engagement. Um I think students on the whole like would like to see more of this. There's really good evidence on that. You know, um, SOS UK, which used to be the sustainability wing of the National Uni Union of Students, has been surveying students year in, year out for, I think, a decade. Um, consistently, the vast majority want to see sustainability part of their courses. Um, actually, staff, there isn't similar evidence. I think most staff, like you, know, like you say, would probably say the same. The challenge is around that active engagement, you know, um, that actually spending the time to think, okay, how is this relevant for what I'm doing and and what what would I need to change? What learning do I need to uh, embark on so I, I know how to make this work best? What support is available? And so, you know, I'm, I'm tasked with, you know, trying to support my colleagues to adopt this stuff. And, and I think the main challenge is 
just sitting down with someone for an hour or two and having this conversation <laughs> and you know um and you know that is supported by kind of institutional commitments you know and i think what we have now is we have kind of uh stated commitment and we have support available if people look for it and there are pros and cons of going beyond that if you go beyond that and say you know um we want you know uh, we want every course to do this and you have to tick a box to say you've done it most cases people are going to respond by ticking a box and just saying something to make that prompt go away they're not going to get that authentic engagement and and this thrives on authentic engagement you know so as much as you can make it a thing that people are choosing to do because they see the relevance for their students for their own academic role you know the, the better for everyone if it's done inauthentically you know it's not it's not going to be very good <laughs> so um I don't know, but equally, then you're missing an opportunity if you're not having that stronger encouragement. So we have, you know, I'm having conversations with academic quality about asking people to talk about how they are linking these issues to their programme when they go through the process of approving a new programme or reapproving a programme, you know, and there's, there's pros and cons of going down that route. But maybe give, given that it's a priority, it's, you know, a new cross-cutting theme in the new strategy and has been part of our previous commitments, you know, is it, uh, you know for the university so maybe we need to go a bit further in pushing people but it doesn't want to be a tick box it needs to thrive on on authentic engagement so that's the challenge i think that was a fabulous answer because i think the idea around authentic engagement underpins so many different initiatives doesn't it that we want to try and embed within uh, the way we deliver higher education i mean mm. as you well know one of my big areas is universal design for learning and mm. effectively to try and embed that and get it adopted by a whole institution is about changing culture and and i think there's some similarities there with with esd so we'll, we'll start to bring things to a close now let's say i'm a i'm a member of staff i'm a teacher at dmu and i've got a real appetite for education for sustainable development i want to embrace it I want to embed it into my teaching sessions, my modules, my program, but I'm not sure how to do that. What would be your key take home messages in relation to me getting started with ESD from a teaching perspective? Um, well, I would say uh, if you're at DMU or even if you're not actually, visit our ESD project website um, because then you'll find some of the key documents to introduce the idea. So there's the new guidance from Advanced HE and QAA that came out earlier in 2021. Um, there's some, um, you know, other great stuff like the Future Fit framework. Um, we've got um, toolkits available for our staff. So, you know, simple one or two pages so you can see what you're doing already, because actually pretty much everyone will be doing stuff along this, these lines already to some degree, and what the potential enhancements might be that you could do in the short term and the longer term. So that's kind of self-service support. We've got um, a training session in our academic development program that Ian Coleman leads. So you could book onto that. That provides basically space for reflection where, you, you know, a colleague can think about these issues and, and hear what others are doing and what they're thinking about. We have loads of case studies of practice. I think over 20 written down plus about 15 short video clips of people talking about what they're doing around this also available on the project website. So there's a lot of learning resources available. Or obviously you could contact me, contact Ian Coleman, have a meeting and have a chat. Um, and, you know, what I'd invite you to think about is, you know, given what sustainable development is about and thinking about your discipline, you know, what is what is unsustainable? What needs to be challenged? What do learners need to think about in relation to, to their discipline um, to be able to navigate, you know, the changing future 
in a way that takes us more towards sustainability? I think most people could actually come up with a reasonable answer to that, you know, no matter what their work area. And if they're not familiar with, you know, some of the more kind of solutions oriented thinking around around their subject area, you know, that's where getting in an external speaker, seeing who else is, is kind of leading the way in this and starting to, to collaborate with others is probably a useful starting point. Um, or, you know, um, getting myself or Ian or someone in to do a guest session around just introducing the idea and getting students talking. Because actually, the other thing is that students will have a lot of the um, ideas up their sleeves if they're engaged with this, which many of them will be. Um, so, yeah, those are a few thoughts. Loads of support available, in short. I mean, it sounds like we're exceptionally lucky at DMU because we have obviously a plethora of resources that support the ESD agenda. But it also sounds like there's quite a, a large and very committed community of practice that can support this. And I always believe yeah. that the real starting point for culture change is building those communities of practice to, to embed that authenticity that, that you said. Andrew, it's been an absolute fascination and a real pleasure to listen to you speak today. Uh, you'll have to come back and join us for a, a climate change podcast if you're interested. Uh, I think that's one we could certainly look into in the future. But I just want to extend my, my thanks and gratitude for you being on the show today. Thanks ever so much. That's great. It's good fun. Thanks, Andrew. Cheers.